Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy Welcome listening. To the world of Selena. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queers and Spears Presents the World of Saluna SideQuest Bottom Set. I am your modest game master, CJ, and today we jump back into the quest of the Sacred Seven. Last we left our adventurers, they had a bit of a shopping day in the new city that they found themselves in, Dornwich. A couple of our adventurers, Freya and Oriana, found themselves with some new armor and things, as well as Clickback getting himself some brand new arrows uh, at Oriana's gifting, as uh, with the kindness of her heart, has gifted Clickback some new arrows. While Noah, Ah, Woe, Woe, and Encina all spent some time in the apothecary, uh, R uh, had a special request from the apothecary. Woe grabbed a bushel of different potions uh, to use in the future, while Encina and Noe had a moment of a heart-to-heart. And after all of these things, some people decided to go and explore some new areas here in Dornwich, all before going to meet the council members later on today. And this is where we find ourselves now. R, you were just on your way from the apothecary over to uh, the magic shop that was uh, the name given to you was Fancourt's Fantastical Emporium. And as you are walking in that direction, it is not hard to miss this shop. It is a brightly uh, colored, like deep, uh, like a kind of like orangey yellow in color. It sticks out like a sore thumb here. It is like two, three stories in height with like a bunch of signs and like props kind of like hanging out of the windows. It is like bustling with energy and people coming in and out of the doors. What would you like to do as you're approaching this? I think he's uh, gonna make his way in and browse its wares as I love it. Amazing. You enter Fancourt's Fantastical Emporium, and it is truly a wonderland of whimsy and eccentricity. Uh, it's got this 
multi-leveled building with just all of these different staircases that kind of cross over each other leading up to the different levels of this store. Um, it is a there is tons of people in here that are like laughing and uh, full of joy as you hear these little like trinkets and little like uh, tiny little like bottle rockets kind of exploding and you hear little bells and whistles going off in here. It is truly a like sight to see and there are just crowds and crowds of people in here. Go ahead and give me a perception check for what you're looking for. Sure. Perception, perception, a nine. A nine. It is quite packed in here, but you do hear this loud, booming voice that's coming up from just not too far up above you that's just like, uh, come on, come all, everyone, join in and join in on the fun, as you're just kind of like surrounded by all of these different, like, toys and like trinkets and candies and all of these different things. Noe, you were not that far behind R to try and check up on him just to make sure that he was okay stomach-wise after quote raw dogging that garlic twice in the span of less than an hour. So you walk upon this shop and also see all these fantastical things and the cacophony of laughter uh, and children just running amok here in this shop. Uh, it is packed to the brim with families and people who are buying a bunch of different little trinkets and toys and things to take home and bring a sense of wonder into their home. Uh, and you are, uh, are you specifically looking for R in this moment or are you uh, captivated and interested in anything else within the shop? So she is there for R, but I think upon walking into the Emporium, she hasn't quite seen anything like it, but I think the, the, the um, laughter and the sight of these families all happy together, they make her kind of like take a pause and she smiles and she, for a moment, she kind of loses sight of what she's there for. Um, and she remembers like when she was young or and she was uh, pregnant with her firstborn, Janice, that she was able to go out and purchase a first toy for him. And that's the memory she's kind of like sticking with right now as she stands here. Um, what's nearby her? Like, uh, where's wise? Uh, where's wise? You're kind of standing, uh, not too far away from the entryway, but just a couple of feet in. There's a couple of kiosks near you. Right near you, there is actually a small, like, standee for something called the Charmed Companion Collection. It's a menagerie of stuffed animals and toys. Um, and as you kind of get closer, they're all like, Hello, 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 hello. They all start kind of like <sighs> greeting and talking at you and over each other. Uh, these stuffed animals can talk and sing and do little simple tricks and things like that. Oh, he hello. Hello, and hello, she's hello. Oh. Hi. <laughs> she's like taken aback by these little strange toys. Um, What yeah, is your is, name? It's like this is like fifty stuffed animals, like at once, all speaking over. Like each the other, aliens from Toy Story. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it is, but it's like 
so many stuffed animals all kind of like sitting <laughs> on the shelf, like ready for purchase, like screaming at their at you, like their names and what they like. It's like, you know, these are children's toys. So it's like, they're like, oh, I love to play. I love to go outside. But it's like 50 conversations at once as it's basically like being screamed at by like 50 ads all at once. Um, on the other side okay. of you, you see that there's also like an assortment of like uh, magical pranks and things like that as well. There's tons of little things as well as like a little trolley uh, up ahead full of like sweets and things of that nature. Actually, I want to kind of um, look at the stuffed animals again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything, so are they various types or are they all like teddy bears? Uh, they're all different types of like animals that you would see uh, out in the wilds or out uh, in even fantastical senses. So there's things like, there's like a sea monster, there's like a dragon, there's like a uh, a like bear, there is like a, uh, a werewolf and like different types of uh, stuffed animals and all different types of varieties. She wants to try to find um, if there's a goat-like creature in these talking stuffed animals. Uh, yes, you can see that there is uh, what looks like a like ram goat, where the horns like curl up into each other. Uh, it's got this kind of like wooly texture fur on it. Uh, it's kind of a like bright like magenta color uh, with kind of like a palish. Uh, magenta face that kind of like makes the face kind of stick out a little bit and it as you kind of like go to like pick it up and it's like I'm chosen as it like <laughs> gets lifted up into the air and what is your name I am Willis Willis <laughs> Willis how are you today I'm great I'm flying how would you like to come home with me Willis that sounds great Let's go! And <laughs> just like okay. starts like kind of like moving and dancing <laughs> in your arm, like doing a little jig. Um okay. as you're just like holding on to it. Okay. Um with this I am going to just tuck you right here, okay? And she's gonna tuck the little creature between her arm. <laughs> and for <laughs> I got there real quick. Um <laughs> And uh, you can still feel like the slight kind of like movements of like its feet as it's still kind of like doing a small little dance and everything like that. Um, uh, <laughs> as you kind of like place it in between your arms as you're kind of like looking around and everything like that, uh, the gentle squeeze of the stuffed animal kind of uh, actually activates the magical component within the actual stuffed animals. It releases a soft like smell of like fresh cut grass and like the sea breeze as you squeeze it. Uh, it releases a small prestidigitation smell that kind of releases a specific soothing scent to the uh, uh, person who is holding its desire. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, kind of smiles and uh, pays no mind to it scurrying around. And she kind of like pets its like little its fur back. And she's going to look uh, around the room to see if she can spot R now. Okay, go ahead and give me a perception check. R also in this moment among the cacophony of things and like the winding like aisles and large bookcases that seem to ever stretch up into the sky, just stacked with trinkets 
and knickknacks and what you can see what seems to be also some like expensive uh or at least what looks like a high priced like value items like artifacts and like really cool find items here as well i know you're also looking for something specific so you can give me another perception check in this moment as well sounds fantastic Ooh, 23. 23, amazing. And then Mandy, uh, what did you get? The one, but I have a minus, minus one, so I got a zero. Worst roll oh. of the night. Oh. <laughs> I managed to the house. No, I, I feel like you are in with with the nat one bringing you down to a big old goose egg. Uh, I think you are kind of uh, just continuously drawn to this like stack of stuffed animals that seem to all have a conscious, a name, a story, something to uh, like share, and like, something of excitement that brings them like joy to like want to spread. You're just kind of like sitting here, like thinking like. How do they make these things? Are they are they alive? Are they sentient? Do they understand these things? I think you're kind of caught up in what this is that you're kind of purchasing. I mean, it's cute as hell, and it's it's for sure coming home with you that little goat. But it's also makes you think twice a little bit about like you know what what exactly you know is this stuffed animal? Um, as uh, are you're looking around, you're kind of like looking over these artifacts and over these high high ticket value prices that you see on them and as you're kind of looking up at the bookcases trying to like see of course which one is priced at the highest you spot him the shopkeeper lorenzo fancourt himself wearing a tall orange top hat a long orange matching blazer that is just continuously billowing even though there is no breeze in here, a bright purple and green jumpsuit underneath with a like topped up and buttoned up collar with a very fancy bolo tie that emanates from it, with a very, very curly mustache that seems to curl it up on, on itself, creating this little hypnotic swirl on the ends of his mustache. And he is just standing up on the balcony just above you just kind of calling out to all of the people and patrons in his um, store, like, come on, come all, everybody will get a chance to try all our new fantastical wares. If you would like to take a look at our artifacts, please come on up and talk to me. I would be happy to help you. I think uh, R would love to go talk to Lorenzo. Absolutely. You walk up the stairs up into the second floor around a couple twists and bends, walking uh, past some smiling children and happy families who are here shopping together for cute little toys and trinkets and things to bring home. As you walk up to this outrageously flamboyant man, uh, and he uh, kind of turns around and meets your gaze with just these, like, exuberant eyes that just scream i will sell you the shoes on my feet if you pay me money um and he looks at you like oh well hello good sir how can i help you are you interested in one of my many fine wares um, yes i would love to uh 
I am very interested in your fine wares. I'm looking for something specific, though. Hmm, absolutely. We've got many things here to meet your fancy. What are you looking for? You see, I have a friend, and he's a bit of a daredevil, likes to push his, himself to the limits, basically. Do you have anything that could be considered maybe a little too dangerous for the children that are currently here? Give me a persuasion check. Sure. Persuasion. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's a natural 20 plus 7. So it's 27. <laughs> okay. Um, I love this. Uh, you see Lorenzo's eyes like light up and he uh, is uh, with a nat 20 on persuasion. I'll roll that over as well. You look right into this man's eyes and he is looking to make a sucker out of you. He's looking to like sell you something that is, could probably be really, really good, but could also be like highly, highly overpriced. This man is like very eager to sell you things. And uh, with a nat 20 persuasion check, he's like, oh, of course. I mean, absolutely. Let me take you up to the sixth floor. And he uh, grabs your hand and kind of like whisks you away up these twisting and tw uh, uh, winding staircases up to the very top floor. There are fewer patrons and guests up here, mostly of the adult variety. These are where some of the more expensive artifacts are kept. So some of the people up here are a little bit uh, fancier wear, um, less children around, and uh, more like exclusive buyers are up in this area. And he uh, is looking around and like, well, here we have uh, the most expensive and the most useful of items, of course. These ones can help defeat even Bahamut herself. I would like to inspect these items, please. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me an uh, in uh, investigation check. Investigation? Mm -hmm. These are magical items. Can I use Arcana instead? Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> little bit of a buff. Okay, uh, 12, 15? 15. Uh, on a 15, as you're kind of looking around and with the, uh, the past, like, nat 20 that gave you a little bit of, like, insight as well into this person, that you have a little bit of an understanding of who they are already. Um, as you're kind of looking around, he told you that these are expensive objects. And that he was not lying about 100%. These are expensive objects. You're looking around at these price tags, like a thousand gold pieces, 10,000 gold pieces for like items. And as you're kind of looking into them and casting Arcana and, and looking deeper into these things, they're not, they're not, they're, they're, they're garbage, actually. These are regular weapons, regular artifacts that seem to have paint like that's kind of chipping off of some of them and like paper mache that seems to be falling apart in some areas when you look closer um this uh, these are not magical items hmm. okay um let's see how i want to play this 
Okay. Uh, R is going to turn to him and is like, these are quite wonderful wares you have here. Uh, do you mind if I, I test a couple, or is there a de demonstration you can provide? Well, absolutely. You are welcome to test any of the items you are welcome to see. As you can see, a lot of our friends and families here that come here are test all of our objects. Everything here is, you know, foolproof, 100% real, and very, very good. You're welcome to test out anything you may need. Go ahead. Try out. Well, thank you, Mr. Um, I'm sorry. Are you the proprietor of this establishment? I am. My name is Lorenzo Fancourt at your service. Lorenzo, thank you so much. I will definitely peruse this wonderful selection that you have. Of course, of course. Take your time, my friend. All right. R is going to look around. Uh, you said the pricings range from like 1000 to 10000 that kind of stuff? Yes. Is there anything for 500 um, there are some things here that are for like 500, some of the smaller things. Um, you can you see that there is like a, um, wand that is up there that is got a, a price tag of 500 gold pieces on it. Um, it's like a slim wand with like shimmering crystals. Uh, as you kind of like wave it around, it has like a small, uh, it like leaves a little like trail of sparks and like a little like stars in the sky as you wave it around. Hmm. Uh, R is going to go back to Lorenzo really quickly. Mm -hmm. He's going to say, Lorenzo, I have a quick question. Are you in this business by yourself? Uh, yes, this is. This is my business. I have curated all of these items myself. I've traveled the lands far and wide and brought all of these things back from the farthest reaches to bring a little piece of the world to this very small shop. Uh, it's just me and then, of course, my employees. Uh, but i it's just me running the shop. Well, I have a quick question, if you don't mind. Uh... May we sit and discuss something, if you have the time? I know a businessman like yourself could be very busy. Um, I suppose I have a moment to step away. Are you looking for a moment of privacy? More like I have a proposition for you. Hmm. Well, I believe it would be rather improper to speak business in front of customers, if that's what you're implying. I would be happy to take you up to my office. That would be wonderful. And he uh, kind of takes two steps back into the wall of where you're at right now and pulls on a book that is on one of the shelves and a small ladder falls from the top ceiling leading into a small attic office. Uh, he leads you up into there, and it is a small octagonal office um, with, you know, enough room for four people to move around in here comfortably, but four is probably the limit on comfortability. So you coming in here and it's just being you and him, uh, there's enough room to kind of move in here, but still a little bit of a cramped-ish space. Uh, he, you walk in, it is decorated to the nines with different whimsical items and like curated uh, objects from all over 
the world. Um, and uh, he has a like desk with this beautiful lamp on it, and he sits down uh, at his desk, uh, offers you a chair on the other side, and he's like, and now what was it you'd like to talk to me about? Are you thirsty? I do have some tea. Oh, that'd be wonderful. If if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to prepare it myself. I have a couple of items that spruce up tea for me. Let's say a little couple of herbs. Give me a persuasion check. Sure. Well, plus persuasion. Nineteen. Nineteen. Um, just. Um, he's like, uh, well, uh, yeah, if, if you brought your own tea, um, a traveling tea man, apparently, I would be uh, happy to try one of your teas if you happen to brought something special. My kettle is located just over here. I've already got it boiling. Um, all you have to do is just go ahead and plop that tea right in there. Sure, that sounds wonderful. Uh, Aura's gonna go over to prepare the tea. Amazing. Uh, I'm going to make sure that my back is towards Lorenzo so that he can't see what I'm doing to the tea. Okay. Um, now, give me a slide of hand check. Sure. Ooh, rolling great now. Slide of hand. Uh, uh, 16? 16. So you are able to... Uh, ooh, actually, you know... You are you are able to successfully um, kind of continue to distract him with chatter as you have your back turned to him as you are making the tea. Go ahead and describe, uh, not describe, or at least give us some intel on what R is doing. R would like to take his two vials of poisoned blood and mix it within his teacup. Absolutely. So with that already rolled sleight of hand check, you pour the inky black in the infection that is like sitting on top of the blood, like oil and vinegar. It is already separated in this vial that you've collected. As you pour it into his vial, it starts to kind of like curdle a little bit, like turns into little boba-like bubbles in his tea as it just kind of sits at the bottom of his cup lurking. I will then make sure to properly give it a spin, make sure it's nice and mixed in there, and then uh, walk over to Lorenzo, putting one hand on his shoulder and placing the tea in front of him and as i put my hand on his shoulder i would like to cast distort value on the t exactly absolutely so you stir it up well get nice and cozy up with lorenzo cast distort value on the t he looks at it as it's being placed down in front of him in front of him in this beautiful dainty little cup and he's like Oh my, it smells effervescent. Wherever did you get this tea from? It smells delectable. I don't I don't think I recognize it. 
I actually travel quite a bit. Currently, I'm on a quest with some fellow travelers looking for a very valuable flower. It actually will put is leagues better than what I have presented to you here. And I am quite interested to know what you think of the one I have now. Oh, absolutely. I would be happy to give this one a taste. And I just, I want a quick itty bitty peek behind the screen for you all. I have been rolling for this guy. I've just been rolling like dog shit. <laughs> and it's just not looking good for me, gang. So as he brings this cup up to his lips and takes a deep drink of this tea, it he closes his eyes to deeply intake the flavor profiles of the tea that you've made for him. And as he is kind of like looking up and enjoying the flavors like a sommelier tasting wine, you can see a little bit underneath his chin, black inkiness to the veins around his throat as he swallows. Fantastic. Uh, R is going to continue explaining the journey that he's currently on, looking for a magical flower that is actually said to produce healing tea just from the dew that comes from its petals. Ah, I believe that uh, sounds fairly similar to Nuna's Grace, if I'm not incorrect. You are not. It's quite a wonderful magical feat. And I am quite interested if you would be, or if I'm in, I'm questioning if you would be interested in maybe financing my group in this little trip. Of course, we would be giving you some profits about any treasure we come across along the way. Hmm. You know, I have lots of treasures around me. I believe a greater treasure, I would be happy to finance, but I believe a greater treasure to me would be one of the petals from this flower. I could do many wonderful things with it. That could be arranged. Uh, he happily agrees uh, to the thought of him getting a petal in return for a few thousand gold. He places down a pouch with 3,000 gold in it, and he's like, this is for you and your party of seven. Uh, apparently, I thought that this uh, flower was in the hands of the king and queen in Lenlock. Apparently, it's gone missing now since you're on a quest for it, so uh, any opportunity to get a petal of this flower for myself is greatly appreciated. And I hope that this money goes a long way for you and your companions. That is, would be great. I would suggest to not let people know, as there is some discourse within the royal house. Ah, good eye, good eye. Uh, a businessman understands a businessman, and he gives you, like, a very obvious wink. 
Well, thank you for your discretion, and I hope we meet again fairly soon. I will make sure to visit you before I leave this city and continue on the journey to fetch us a, quite a nice profit. I look forward to seeing you again before you head out on your journey. Do stop by at any time, and feel free to take your time and browse our wares as you before you leave. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And R will get up and make his way out. And R, as you are making your way out after a successful shopping trip, on your way out, you run into Noe, who is standing in front of this dandy of talking stuffed animals, just kind of having a conversation with each one of them. Ooh. Uh, R is going to make his way over to Noe and say, Ah, my queen, how are you? I did not know that you followed me to this wondrous emporium. Uh, just the one I wanted to see. Um, yeah, I figured you could use the company, uh, but you seem to have gotten past me. Um, uh, I have to apologize, that was mostly my fault. No, please, uh, my liege, it's nothing to trouble yourself over. It is quite packed with patrons, and it seems that you have discovered quite a little bit of treasure on your own. What is it that you have under your arm? Um, R, meet mm -hmm. Willis. <laughs> She's gonna hold out the little goat toward him. Hi! Nice to meet you! I'm Willis! <laughs> it's this, like, bright magenta like, <laughs> creature. Uh, R is going to, like, Try and grab its hands like it's a pleasure to meet you, Willis. <laughs> it actively shakes your hands back with like both of its hands. Like it, it's like an anthropomorphic <laughs> like stuffed animal. It moves uh, and talks and it just like is like, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I'm meeting new friends every single day and I'm going to have a home. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, R, um, before we take off. The longer I look at Willis, um, how would you like to have a friend, at least for right now, Willis? Yeah, absolutely. I love friends. More friends than ready. Okay. Um, holding this little goat, it just, it just, something about, like, its innocence and its excitement. It's making her, like, homesick. And it reminds her of her own children. And standing there and looking at the other animals... She thinks of something, and, um, can we try to find a little bird-like one? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You find one that's kind of, like, uh, it's very, like, kiwi bird in shape, so it's, like, a, like, big brown body with kind of, like, a long neck and a little head on top of it, and, like, little wedge feet on the bottom, and it kind of, like, flaps its wings, and it's like, I knew I'd fly one day! <laughs> um... What is your name? And she's kind of smiling at R, the back at the little bird. Uh, the bird looks at you and uh, is like, My name is Ari! It's Ari? <laughs> yeah! Okay, Ari. Um, how would you like to come with us? Uh, that sounds great! I, you will be a gift for somebody. Are you okay with that? Oh, that sounds great! More friends! Okay, okay wonderful! And she looks at R and she goes, 
would you like one as well? That is quite all right, uh, my lady. I uh, is that a bird one meant for our Kenku friend? I I thought he would appreciate it. Um, I I can't say I know much of him, but I do know the loneliness he must feel. Um, I think Ari would feel some attachment to him. Would you like a new friend, Ari? Absolutely! More friends! Yay! (laughs) Okay. It is lovely to see our parents recognize the pain of separation in another. Do you speak from experience as well? Quite a bit. I'd hate to admit but it seems that our Kenku friend is still getting letters from their home, so I'm sure that he is keeping in touch with his offspring. I hope so. And her gaze turns curious. Um, and perhaps the reason she did follow our here, um, I... I haven't really gotten the chance to, to talk. Um, I don't. I can't say I know much about you yet. But are you missing people from home as well? Unfortunately, my lady, there is no one at home to miss. There was quite a sad happening within your kingdom. I'm sure you wouldn't even remember. Tried me. No, my lady, it's no need to dwell on the past. I am now here with all of you, searching for a way to better your kingdom. Well, I will not push, but know this. If there is something my kingdom has done to wrong you, there is never a wrong time to discuss that. R's face grows solemn. And he's just going to say, how aware are you of what happens in your kingdom? Not as aware as I should be as of late. It is quite a shame that your husband and his lapdog are unattended. She almost goes to, like, defend him, much like she would if Freya were to say something out of turn, just from the sheer amount of time she spent as queen and having to be by her husband's side. But she also, at the same time, agrees on some level. (laughs) Um, We are not perfect. The king is not perfect. I am here with you all to get back to what needs to be. And if there's a way to remedy stuff in the future that's harmed you and others in the past, I want to learn. And I would be open to you 
helping teach me. If that's we're okay. I'm sorry to say, my lady, but there is no fixing what has been done. Perhaps not. Um, but if there's a way to prevent it to helping happening to others, whatever that may be, um, I would like to to do that, and I am sorry. Lady, you have made many promises on this journey to many a people, offering aid for, to, let's say, recompense for yes. the wrongs of your husband. But words are just that, words. If you want to prove to me your sincerity, R is going to put his hand on one of his branch antlers and break it off. And as blood starts coming out of the now broken antler, he hands it, puts it out in his hand to Noe and says, hold this at night when the moon is at its highest. And you get to see, a or more likely hear a little bit of the wrongs I've experienced. Her, her gaze hardens at the blood rushing um, down his hand. And her mind is made up and she reaches her hand out and she grasps it in his hand and she holds on to it. My actions are all I have right now. If you, this is what you need to be heard, I will do it. I look forward to our next conversation, my queen. If you don't mind, I would like to rejoin the others at the potion shop. I think my special order might be ready. I will not keep you any longer. Let us go back. Well, let us first pay for those lovely uh, <laughs> you have in your hand. Well, yeah. Yes, of course. I And for the record, I did pay for those herbs earlier as well. I am not going yeah. to just walk out. Yes. I will <laughs> do not doubt you. <laughs> well, you did say that you doubted my words, but pay attention to my actions, yes? And then she, she'll she go and pay for the little animals. <laughs> you Laura's just going to be busy trying to staunch the blood coming down this <laughs> Yeah, she, she's got fully blood on her hand right now from... <laughs> like, there's kids around and they're, like, screaming. <laughs> Now these kids are like they'll take a moment to be like oh god blood but then there's like something will like magically will happen off in the corner and they'll be distracted again uh as you pay for your little pieces and uh head out of the shop together um Brea, uh you had decided to when there was a moment to try and slip away for a moment alone is there anything in particular that you wanted to do while you were alone um I think I think Freya goes he doesn't know exactly where he is they are but his best guess would to be go would to go to the place that they're going to anyway 
to go off to the um council towards building. the council building. Yes, you start you start heading down the main road uh towards the large domed like pristine building with a large winged horse on the top. Um, and you start kind of heading off in that general direction. Um, you arrive well before your party and you start to see a beautiful, like sprawling industrial, um, like interior of this building. There is like ever changing, like pairs with like pieces of like trees and branches and shrubbery that is actually growing here on the floor between the cracks of the stone. Um, it looks truly like nature and this building were built together in mind as you kind of like sit here in wonder. Um, um, are you pick up your potions which are completed from the apothecary shop um, and um, then Noe, Woe, and Encina, is there anything else that you would like to do before heading towards the council center? I'm good to go. Amazing. Um, and then uh, Oriana and Clack, I believe we had one last stop off at a music shop that you wanted to go and see. Um, down on one of, uh, on that main stretch of road as you're kind of like observing some of the shops and you see some of your fellow compa uh, companions starting to kind of like head off in the general direction of the council center. You see um, this beautiful music shop that has all sorts of like wonderful instruments and things inside. There's like this beautiful like melodious music that is coming from within. Is there anything that you're looking for in particular at the music shop? Um, so I think Oriana, given her what she can play, I think would be looking for maybe just uh, Maybe a uh, viol, which is basically just a violin or a fiddle, or maybe a new lute. Um, I know she's also looking for maybe some magically imbued uh, instruments. That's more of the realm she's looking for here, mm -hmm. especially in the lute-esque department. Absolutely. So you are looking around... Uh, at all of these different layers here, and you look, uh, are looking specifically for, um, um, for, like, magically imbued weapons, and you see that there is, um, a loot that is magically imbued. Um, it is about 500 gold pieces. But what it will do is it, um, when it is, when you play this loot, each creature that hears the loot must succeed a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or take 2d4 psychic damage. Oh, that's very tempting. Okay. I think she'll definitely pick that up and carry it around. And then I think she's also... Uh, I'm going to send you a quick message. 
Absolutely. At Click Clack, you are also here within this music shop, kind of like looking around, seeing these different musical instruments as they are like playing themselves and playing this beautiful like harmony and chorus of music. What, how are you feeling as you're walking through these, uh, through this shop? Uh, Click Clack isn't really used to musical instruments uh, living how he has, especially the last couple years with his son. Uh, you don't really carry things with you that make a lot of noise when you're trying to hide. So he's honestly a little overwhelmed and he might actually step outside the shop again after being in there for a few minutes. You take in all of these sights and sounds and find yourselves feeling like you need more of a moment of fresh air, stepping outside and uh, kind of like taking in the sights and sounds. This place is very strange for Click Clack. As someone who has like lived out in the forest, pretty much for their entire existence. A place that is both structure and city, but also nature and forest is very off-putting for you. It's like, it feels like it is all done with respect. Like the nature has not been disrespected here. You feel like it has not been like, you know, chopped down to make room for things looks like it has been incorporated but it, this is something new that the clack has um um that Klik has noticed uh as he's walking through these streets and uh enjoying the sights of John Wick. um and then uh oriana you can also find those other couple of items that you messaged me here as well your grand total for everything is going to be 650 gold pieces for the loot and then the two other items that you messaged me about. Okay. Is there a way she can maybe persuade them to maybe knock about 100 off just for funsies? Uh, yes. Go ahead and give me a uh, persuasion check. Okay. That is going to be a 18. 18. Um, you are able to uh, barter with the shopkeeper here, and uh, he knocked 150 off. Uh, you his role by a substantial amount. So, um, so it brings Exciting. you from 650 to 500 flat. 500 flat. Love the sound of that. Perfect. You grab your items and rejoin uh, Click Clack outside, um, and then you all head off towards the city council. Um, you uh, first people to get there, um, both uh, Noe, R, Wo, and Encina. You see Freya is already here, and then shortly after is joined by uh, Oriana and Click Clack as you 
look in these halls, you can hear the echoed steps of the footsteps in the creaking of the rails as people are making their way around to do important business work here. There is nature that all around trees and shrubberies and butterflies flying throughout the air and landing on different flowers and things that are in here. And as you all start to join together, you uh, and regroup as a group, you see a out of the corner of your eyes, like a bright, like light is being shined at you all. Uh, and as you turn your faces to look to see where this light is coming from, it's actually emanating from a person. You all turn to see Chancellor Xavier Source Spirit with this very vibrant, bright yellow summer Aladrin with big, broad shoulders standing at six feet tall, long, down pointed ears, and like a crop of fire red hair on top of his head with blazing yellow eyes as he stares deep into all of you. He approaches you all, and he's like, Ah, well, aren't you all a sortly group? I am Chancellor Xavier Source Spirit. And he does a very small little bow to you all. And he's like, It is a pleasure to see you all. Come, come, join us in the council room. Uh, and he kind of leads and guides you into a uh, small room that is off to the sides. Um, as you're kind of like passing through these halls, being led to uh, a room in which all of the council members usually sit and convene. Uh, everybody go ahead and give me a perception check really quick. Oh, uh, that's a dirty 20 from Freya. Beautiful. Um, I also have a question. Uh-huh. Even though he said his name before he walked up, I could tell who this was. Right? He looks like them. There Click is a... Oh, not 20. Amazing from Click Clack. Damn. Okay. Um, yeah, um, there is a striking resemblance, Freya, in the facial structure. Okay. Freya's now freaking out a little bit. Oriana got a... Uh, Dirty 21. Dirty 21. The queen got a very dirty 8. A dirty, dirty 8. That's a confident 8, and I got a 15. A filthy. A filthy, confident 8, and it's a 15. Amazing. Um, who else? Awesome. I got a 14. 14 from Encina. Love it. So as you guys are kind of walking down, you see these beautiful like portraits and pictures and plaques that are up on the walls. People in very important business suits of all different shapes and sizes and ethnicities walking these halls. As uh, you are led into a back room, you are uh, greeted by two guards who open up the door. Um, uh, and as the doors swing open and you're walk greeted by six individuals, um, you are greeted by, um, a, a gnomish person, a dwarvish person, uh, a human person, a half-elf person, a hork 
an orc person and an Arakakura person. And all these people are nicely dressed and kind of sitting amongst themselves here in this kind of like lounged area uh, as these all uh, very well-to-do people seem of importance. You can only assume that these are council members. Uh, as you kind of walk in and as you walk in, Oriana, uh, you clock that actually one of the guards is Jezar. And as you're walking in, uh, you all kind of like get cozy. There's like a fireplace uh, off, like kind of in the back of the room as you're kind of like making yourself comfortable. The guards kind of step into the room and close the doors behind them. And you are just greeted. The, 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 uh, there's a couple of other people kind of here in the room as well. They seem like guards and stuff. Some of them have like helms and things on, uh, so you can't quite uh, make their faces out uh, as this uh, Chancellor Xavier sits down at a large chair, kind of uh, not quite in the middle of the room, but quite placed uh, near the fireplace and uh, motions for you all to come closer. Um, CJ, before we get in the room, can... Freya have taken Vitor out of his pocket and told him to go find them? Um, yes, you can do that if you'd like. Okay. Uh, then he'll move closer when told to move closer. Perfect. So he, uh, you send Vitor off to go and locate this person that you had a dream of. Uh, Vitor kind of like runs around the room and kind of like like checks out all of the corners of this room uh kind of goes and sniffs all of the people in the room and kind of like scurries along their feet and then rejoins you um back and crawls up your leg and back into your coat okay um and as uh, you all kind of like gather in and get closer and he's like, well, well, so the prophecy has finally reared its head. I am very happy to see you. And of course your cause is a very noble one. Um, I assume you know at least some pieces of information about where you're going and what you're doing this for and I'm sure since your journey from Lenlock to here, you have run into some issues with uh, what is happening in our world. Have you not? You mean the blight? Uh, we, we call it more of uh, an infection, a disease, a poison. Yes, we've had experience with it. We did see Very some sorry, evidence. Of it. Go ahead. We did see some evidence of it along your borders. Uh, yes, we did. Um, it is always ever present in our lives. It's not something that we can fully eradicate. We don't necessarily have the power to do so. All we can do is 
help our people and help the people around us in neighboring cities, offering aid and food as we can, and continuing to heal those who are sick and work with what the land gives us. And if that land is corrupt, then we work with what we have. What? If... Oh, sorry, Ariana, you, you can... No, you're okay. Um, counselors, I just want to ask, I know you're doing the best you can to aid your city, but what are you doing to help Fort Jan and the forces? They are, if I may say, in dire condition and in great need of assistance. I know you're doing all you can here, but we need to also focus on aiding each other and doing what we can to eliminate this. Uh, you see one of the other, like, council members, um, the, uh, uh, the little druid stands up, uh, she's, uh, not the, uh, she is a druid, but she's an, a gnome druid, her name is Zara, she stands, and she's like, we are actually doing quite a lot for our neighboring city, cities around here, including Fort Jen, we have quite the agricultural system here set up and we continuously provide aid and food and things to all of the neighboring cities here including Fort Jan. But try is our there best. someone helping can, you? Can I roll an insight check on that CJ? Absolutely. Can I as well because I okay. don't know that. I don't Absolutely. either. <laughs> That's a bunch of bull because it's way just left there. Oh, that's a nat 20. Oh my god. <laughs> yes! I was gonna say, I got an 18 on mine. Hey, hey, uh, I got a 23. Not a nat 20, though, but I got a 23. Incredible. I just so, about shit myself. Like, yes, I needed this. I don't and trust I'm, this bitch. I don't. I and Cena doesn't me. trust authority. <laughs> Oriana doesn't either. Um, she may be a part of it, but she ain't trusted it. She don't trust it. Um, so she, uh, as you guys kind of like look deeper into what she's saying, she is genuine in her words. They do offer food, aid, medicine, anything that other neighboring cities may need. She, uh, this druid is the, um, she represents the city's agricultural interests, so she can really truly only speak on the food. But as you're kind of like looking around, especially on a nat 20, all of the other council members all kind of start piping in about what they contribute to kind of help some of the neighboring cities. Uh, and you all get sense uh, like the sense of genuineness coming from these council members. But what you're sensing is that Dornwich, and from what you could see before you even stepped into the council like area, is heavily populated. This has got a ton of people here, like 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 maybe you know fifty thousand, sixty thousand people in this city alone. It is a ton of people that they also need to look after all of these people as well. So it's not that they're giving the extras to all of the other neighboring cities, but they are offering truly all they can to the other neighboring cities. Um, I think as like that kind of comes across our brains. That's when Freya kind of sits there and goes, it's amazing that you're 
helping all of your neighboring cities. But who helps you when you run out? They um, kind of looks amongst each other and he's like, well, nobody, really. We really rely on ourselves and rely on our scientists to continue to break down the organic components around us to try and provide for our people. We do our best and we have been, you know, not necessarily floating and not necessarily soaring either by and continuously growing over these past at least decade. We have been supporting our people and those around us as well, but we are not receiving any aid from anybody. And uh, the council members all kind of like get quiet amongst themselves uh, for a moment before the chancellor speaks up. He's like, we are not the capital here in Cald, if you are aware. Dornwich is not the capital. We should not be responsible for the welfare of all of our neighboring cities, but yet we are. Called is the capital, and Called has done nothing to help its people. So we have stepped up as much as we can to keep Puppet alive and strong and also keep its integrity in place. Unfortunately, that is a popular thing with capitals. All right. Well, since we're here, what can we, what do y'all, what do y'all know and what can we do for you? I guess is really the bottom line. Well, I will offer you all of the information that I have on the knowledge that we've learned from doing our own research on this infection, as well as what we've learned about incorporating our lives with the wild. I can tell you all that you need to know about called and, you know, the journey ahead of you and anything of that nature. Um, and I don't really need much from you all. The only thing, and he starts to kind of hesitate a little bit, the city that you are destined to reach after your stay here in Dornwich, uh, Tarnstead, um, is a town that we send aid to quite frequently and um we usually send small you know carriages out with like aid and food and things of that nature um we have not really seen many much activity in the town recently and we've been trying to get a hold of the capital members there that we keep in contact with and who you're supposed to be meeting with after your day here. Um, but we have not been able to reach them within the past two weeks. Um, if you wouldn't mind just when you get there, just sending a letter back of the situation in, in Tarnstead, just letting us know that the, the head of state there is still intact and everything is well there we continuously send food and aid and we we have been and we've sent scouts but we can only send so many scouts out there and also have 
you know, some of them not return before we realize that we are losing more men than we can afford. That makes sense. Um, have you, weird question, have you noticed any suspicious activity down there in Tarnstead? Aside from your messengers and the the general silence you've been hearing, have you had any issues with that before? No, we've never had um, villages go quiet on us before. We do usually have issues with um, cultists in the areas. They tend to like to change locations from time to time. Um, but we haven't heard a lot of activity from them recently. But, you know, they're, they're always going to be a threat here in Puppet. And I, I don't believe they're too much of a threat, but a threat nonetheless. And Cena's voice gets very, very low and um, at the mention of cultists. And she says, have you, you said something about cultists. Have you heard something in the winds and the works? Is, is there any, any, anything to know about that? Yes, uh, that's what I was going to ask as well. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind uh, telling us a bit more about them, if you don't care to, uh, what they are culting around. Uh, yes, uh, we <coughs> don't quite know too much information about the inner workings of this cult. We mostly keep tabs on them because they tend to lash out at anybody who comes close by. So we just kind of tend to keep tabs on their location just to keep our carriers safe as they deliver goods to nearby towns to kind of give them alternative routes to avoid wherever this these cultists may have been spotted last. Um, I would say the only point of contention is, is that we haven't been able to get a precise location. We haven't seen a lot of movement from the cultists. You know, it's a lot of finding out where they are located is based on their movements and spottings. We haven't had any spottings in the past three weeks. So it's kind of maybe they're deeper in the forest or somewhere, but... We're still keeping an eye out at every turn for them, but uh, they are quite dangerous. Uh, but we just haven't been able to figure out their exact location for the past three weeks. Mountains. And Cena says very suddenly, almost to herself, they like to be up in the mountains. Some of them. Um, the, uh, he kind of, like, nods at this, like, uh, knowing, like, the patterns that the cultists will take sometimes of, like, hiking up into the mountains during the summertime to get away from, like, the muggy heat of the jungle. Um, and they, uh, uh, they kind of, like, nod and, like, yes, but we... You know, we would just love to, if you would just send us a letter back to just ensure that our, you know, neighbors are safe and sound. That is the only thing that we would ask of you. 
But of course, you are our guests here. We would love to show you to your accommodations. We would love to show you to a, like we have bathrooms with every room, like hot showers, anything that you may need to prepare yourself for your journeys ahead. We have that and readily available for you. And Cena nods and says, well, that's very generous. And uh, of course, when we get to the next town over, we'll, we'll let you know what the situation is. I think that's the least we could do, given you're showing us such hospitality after all. And, uh, you know, giving us what information you can and doing as much as you're doing for your neighboring cities when it's not even your job. So that's the least we could do is uh, give you a status report. And um, anyone who is looking at Encina can see that she is not well. Yeah, this it is no need for insight on anyone's part. I'm sure it is clear on Encina's face to everybody that the talk of cultists and their activities has gotten Encina feeling some type of way. And um, um, go ahead. I think I feel like Freya is standing next to, but a little bit behind Encina because like she's the only one that matches his size yeah but also she's bigger than him so he can hide behind her a little bit mm -hmm. and he is nervous being here um i mean he's been off since fort jan but he's nervous being here for specific reasons but i think he sees how Encina is reacting, and I think he just places a hand on her shoulder to let her know that he's there. Encina, at first, jumps a little bit at the contact because she is very lost in her own thoughts, but when the, when the initial fright and shock and panic wears off and they notice that it's Freya that's there, Offering a hand, and Cena looks at Freya, nods a little bit, and um, doesn't move his hand, but also doesn't do anything else besides acknowledge that he's there. Um, just silently saying, "This is okay, and I appreciate it. Thank you." I think, I think, just naturally, once you acknowledge it, he moves his hand. Like it was just a subtle gesture, not like a, "I'm gonna keep my hand here," but like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like a uh, like a you you have comrades here. You don't. You're not alone. Yeah, and I think Encina definitely appreciates that. Um, and I think Freya then looks at the the Chancellor and is like, "Well, I think my friends and I." may need some rest it's been quite weary travel and i think my comrades and i have earned a comfortable rest he looks at you and he's like 
Absolutely. I would be happy to make sure that you are seen to your rooms and your accommodation. We can talk all of the business tomorrow. I do, however, like I want to make sure that you make yourselves comfortable for the rest of the evening. Enjoy. We have lots of feasts with all of the foods that you could possibly imagine. We have any drinks that you may need and anything that you could ask for. If you need tailoring to your clothes, if anything has happened on your journey, we can have them fixed for you before tomorrow. My son here will show you to your rooms and you watch as one of the guards steps out from the side, removes his helm. You see this dark navy blue Aladrin with specks of stars across his face and going down his arms and across his chest with this like fuzzy, dark navy blue, almost black hair that kind of just pats and patches and sits on top of his head as he approaches. And he's like, yes, father, I will see to it. And he uh, turns to all of you and he is like, right this way and leads you all down and uh, and out of the room, away from the council members, and up a couple of flights of stairs to your own personal accommodations. You each get your own rooms. It, they all have bathrooms attached to them with big, beautiful clawfoot tubs, beautiful showers as well that just are like rainfall showers. So like the uh, actual nozzle is coming out of the ceiling with eucalyptus that is hanging off the off of the sides as well. So you get this beautiful like oily like uh, like sensation. And you all get to enjoy this beautiful serenity as you all kind of sit down for the night and relax in a wonderfully cushiony, comfy room and accommodations for the first time in a couple of days. The mushroom was nice. Like, let's be honest, it was nice, but it's not like it is right now. Beautiful, fluffy, plush pillows, and just anything that you could ask for in this moment. You are all treated like you were back in Lenloch, just like heroes, like you are all supposed to be. I have a question. Yes. Is there a balcony? There in our, is. Like, attached to my room. Um, yes. So there is, uh, you are all kind of alongside, like, the edges of this place. So there is all, like, um, personal balconies connected to each of your rooms so you can enjoy the night sky and everything along those lines as well. Okay. Um... I think Freya washes up and then goes out onto the balcony. And if if I'm not mistaken, um, Freya learned to whistle a certain tune in his dream. I believe. He did. I think Freya whistles that tune when he's out on the balcony. You whistle out into the open air 
hearing the wind carry your voice off into the distance as it is quickly enveloped by the sounds of those winds and the rustling of the trees around you the leaves dancing together as the moonlight shines upon it. You don't see the creature that you called to. Give me a perception check. That is a uh, 18. 18. As you are enjoying the views out here in the balcony underneath the stars looking out onto the treetops out in the distance that kind of clash with the city next to you you kind of get lost in thought and lost in the sights that you don't realize that there is another person in the room with you. As you feel a tap on your shoulder behind you, and then a hand cover your mouth so that you don't scream. I think Freya instinctively bites the hand. <laughs> uh, roll uh, an unarmed attack. Okay. Or just the damage, because you're right on it, so no need to hit. I mean, that would have been a 21 anyway. Um, so that's a... Uh, what's my unarmed? Oh, that's just four damage. I don't have a die for my unarmed. So you, uh, you bite into the hand. You hear a yow as he, like, quickly pulls his ha their hand away. And you turn around to see Xander as they're grabbing their hand. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I was trying to be sneaky and I failed so bad. No, oh, you were... You were... You were you are sneaky. It's just... I'm sorry. I. And he's kind of like covering his face with his hands. He, uh, Xander quickly comes over and removes your hands from your face and takes them within theirs and looks at you and he's like, hey, hey, no, it was my fault. I put my hand right where your mouth was. That's, I was kind of asking for it. Now, it's... keep your, shh, shh, keep your voice down. The night is young. We have to go now. And he, like, grabs you and starts, like, pulling you out the door. Where, where are we going? You'll see. We just have to go. Let's go. And he's, like, pulling you down the hall and down and out. Uh, do you follow him willingly? I think even though my face is bright red and my heart is thumping, yes. You follow along as he as they tug you down and down flight steps and kind of out of a side window and down a trellis that is just covered in this like mossy, viney, like green vines as you just climb down and you reach these stables that are down on the side. You come across this dragon that you saw in your dreams, this beautiful, iridescent, shiny, silvery, playful, silly dragon that you recognize as Indy. And he walks over and unlatches the latch as Indy comes out and does a 
big old stretch and puts his arms out in front of him and stretches his hinds out and stretches his wings all the way out as his tail kind of sticks straight up in the air getting a full stretch in. I, th I think at this moment Freya remembers the flowers in his pocket. And I think nervously he's grabbing them and kind of holding them. Like not not like really like holding them out to Xander, but like holding them because he doesn't he's never done this before. He doesn't know what to do in this moment and he's so incredibly nervous and he's also so incredibly off because of how he's been feeling. And he's just like, I, um, I remember your, your, your flowers, the Prince's Secret. I learned that from Woe. Um, he kind of finishes, like, saddling up Indy with this beautiful, intricate, like, deep leather saddle that beautifully is fit on top of Indy and turns back over to you. You see this moment where the stars in his cheek kind of flutter with this red-orange light as he kind of looks at you, looks down at the flowers, and then looks back up at you, smiles a little bit, kind of walks up, takes one of the princess secrets out from your little bundle, kind of sticks it between the branches, the horns that come out of his head, holds his hand out to you, and he's like, are you ready? Do we want honesty, or...? Always. Um... No, but I'm learning I can't be ready for everything. It'll be better once we're up there. He grabs you and with quite a bit of strength kind of helps you up onto Indy as he sits directly in front of you. You instinctively grab around their waist as he yells and kind of sticks his heel into Indy gently as you both take off into the sky seeing the deep purpley and green mixing on the tops of the canopies as the wind and the clouds brush against your cheeks and between the fur on your hair as you just feel the wind beneath you as you and Xander take to the skies. I think as we're going up, I think Freya instinctively tucks his face into Xander's shoulder out of fear. He's never f flown before. He's very used to being on the ground. Even though Valiant's peak can be very high up and the balconies, he's kind of comfortable there. This is this is different. 
as you bury your face a little bit into his back, into their back, and grab on tight at the feeling of the uncertainty of being up in the air. All of these feelings, these emotions are clashing within you. This uncertainty, this nervousness, this anxiousness, and another couple of feelings that are just new to you, this undiscovered feeling, this hot, red, burning, this feeling of wanting to throw up, but nothing's coming up, this wellowing in your throat, like you want to just tell this person everything as you're just burying yourself into your shoulder, into their shoulder, grabbing on, feel their arm wrap around you from behind and hold you close to them. You feel safe. I think Freya's head goes from being tucked into his shoulder to where he can't see anything to leaning on his shoulder to where he can see everything. And I think... Go ahead. I think he... As he does this, he... His face goes solemn for a moment and he goes... I almost died for the first time yesterday, and I don't know how I feel about it. Well, you're here now, aren't you? Yes. I feel like that's what's more important than almost being dead yesterday. I guess. Kaivalya has a time for all of us. But we should enjoy the time we have before he calls our name. And as you look out, you start to see that you're cresting up and over the clouds. You finally reach a point where you break through that cloud layer and there's nothing but a sea of white underneath you, lit up by the illumination of the moon. That's your only source of light here, is that bright, bright white light in the sky, little dots of stars around the sky that adorn the sky, just like the stars on Xander's face adorn his face and his bright yellow eyes that just shine in this light. There's nothing but a sea of midnight sky and shimmering lights in you and Xander and Indy. Freya takes in everything. And though he's up here with Xander, and that's the most freedom he's ever felt and ever experienced, and these feelings are new and confusing, the one thought going through his head is... I wonder how everyone else would feel experiencing this. 
and he tries to picture everyone else in this experience. And the last one he comes to is his mother. And he can only imagine the joy and laughter that she would feel on this. And it's a brave question, but I think he turns around and not like turns around, but like he comes out of the thought and is like, I hate to interrupt our adventure, but would you want to meet my mother? I would love to meet her, but, but I believe we'll have plenty of time to get to know each other tomorrow. Yes. Also, and she'd I be very you. surprised with Indy on her balcony. I, yes, I'm sure she would probably get quite the fright from a large dragon perched up on her balcony. Yes. Yes. And he um. kind of chuckles to himself, uh, and um, uh, he's like, now we'll do all of the introductions tomorrow after a full night's rest, and we still have some time for some fun. Yes. He is like, now hang on tight, and he dives with Indy into the clouds, kind of swirling and twisting in the air as it plunges deeper and deeper and further and further towards the ground as a sudden quick change and you're just now gliding along the floor between and kind of missing all of these trees and dodging and weaving in between all of these trees as you soar off into this night with Xander and Indy enjoying this moment, enjoying the freedom of all of these emotions that come to you as everyone gets a full night's rest, a well-deserved shower, a fulfilling meal, and have lots of little interactions to do tomorrow as they travel towards Tarnstead and this is where we're going to end our session. Thank you all so, so much for listening in. I had so much fun with this episode and going and seeing all the little things and getting into all types of trouble. We are just about halfway through this campaign. We have 16 episodes of this campaign. This is episode eight. We have still so much left to go and still so many discoveries left to un to uncover. And still, is it going to go up from here or is it not? I guess we'll find out. Derek, why don't we tell these fine people where they can find these episodes? Uh, yeah, don't mind me while I'm actually crying. Um, we, you can find us on uh, anywhere that you find your podcasts. Um, 
Spotify, Apple Music, Samsung Podcast, iHeartRadio, um, and a whole bunch more. You can follow us on um, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We also have a Facebook page, though we don't use it very often. Um, and you can find our first campaign, every single recorded episode on our YouTube um, all within a link tree that is attached to all of our socials. And we have some fun stuff coming up. I can't wait for you guys to be able to experience the rest of our characters opening up and growing with the world. Thanks for being a part of this as our listeners and viewers are just as much of the family as us here in the cast and crew and I can't wait to see where we go and what we do and the stories that we tell because this is only the second chapter in the book that is Q&S The World of Saluto so we'll see you guys next week and see you all next week. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.